Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, my friends, where everyone has a place at our table. Come in, come in, you look tired from your travels. Take a load off, pull up a chair, and order a swell story from our menu. I'm the Tavern Keeper. I'll be your host through the narrative. Tonight's selection includes Hotel Hell, a contemporary tale set in the secluded wilderness of British Columbia. A television film crew for the show Canadian Hotel Globe with Scott Glane is filming at the Seven Stars Hotel, an abandoned resort inherited by a small-town gal named Harper Finch. Yet... The hotel holds many grave secrets that seek to destroy them. Time's a-ticking. Will they be able to survive the horrors that lurk there? Or will the hunger of this accursed place utterly consume them? Let's find out together, shall we, my friends? As you guys have flown from your respectable, uh area in the studio very lightly all the way to the north of British Columbia close to the border to Alaska and there you guys met with your local contact Daniel leader of the construction workers of the Tinglick tribe that lives in the area a local reservation together with the rest of the crew you guys all gathered all your equipment that was given to you by the company into your cars that was rented by Daniel and you guys drove down for a good two miles to reach where would be the closest area to the Inskirt River, a river that connects with your destination. There you met with the rest of the construction crew, uh, a good 10 other guys, and uh, they assist you guys by taking off all the stuff and equipment from the trunks of the vehicles into the canoes, because you guys don't really have a way to reach your destination, except by river. So after very draining moment of you guys helping the construction workers bringing all the equipment from one vehicle to another you guys start to make the lazy way down the river my name is Pedro I go by he him pronoun and I am this game's keeper of arcane lore I'm Kat I go by she her pronouns I'm playing Harper Finch who also goes by she, her pronouns. She is a maid from Cobble Hill, BC. She inherited a hotel as of late, and she has red hair, brown eyes, and is very nervous. My name is Woody. I use they, them pronouns, and I am playing Julian Wells. Um, he uses he, him pronouns. He is a writer and director from um, Yukon Territory. Um, he is 31 years old and has scars on the left side of his face, and he is also a massive chain smoker. I'm Ash, I use she they pronouns, and I'll be playing Scott Glane. Um, he uses he they pronouns. He is a dazzler with brown eyes and close cropped brown hair, and he always has a smile on his face. He dresses in a very business casual way, and he is the host of Hotel Glow Up Canadian Edition. My name is Luai, I use he him pronouns, and I'm playing Roy Connors, who also uses he him pronouns. Uh, Roy is uh, a photographer, or more specifically the cameraman on Canadian Hotel Glow Up. Uh, he's 23 years old, he 
who was born in Vancouver, and he takes a great interest in cinematography and general filmmaking. Here is 2006, and you guys are a crew of a TV show called The Canadian Hotel Glow Up with Scott Glenn. You guys are doing a special episode that is going to be the debut for the second season of the show. It was when Harper Finch delivered a video submission explaining her situation. That she inherited out of nowhere a property in British Columbia. And this property seemed to have been abandoned for a long time. And then she requested the assistance of the TV show to renovate the place so she could start a new life. The show agreed, and they all gathered together to have this dream come true. Uh, it's important to say though, it is very early in the morning. As you guys arrived around 4.30 in the Dizzy Lake, and now the sun is just coming out. The morning mist obscures a good chunk of the view. But as the sun starts to appear, also does the prettiness and the beauty of the landscapes. Beautiful large trees adorns the sides of the river. And the fresh air is something that is very difficult for you guys to ignore, as it is such a difference compared to the city. As you guys are going down this river, some of the workers try to point out some of the landscape features to make you guys feel at home. They all have a very friendly attitude towards you guys, as if they really kind of want to see this work and all this come together. One of the specific landmarks was the Hoodoo Mountain, that giants over everything else here. It's a huge landmark throughout the horizon at your right side of the river. On your left side, there is a moment where they point out specific little cabins that seems to be abandoned. Daniel mentions that those cabins are prospector cabins that have been abandoned since the gold rush that occurred in the area, but they continue on. And you guys finally reach your destination. By the end of the morning, closer to midday, the place is a two-story building that has seen better days, made mostly of logs, but well put together. At least you imagine that once they were well put together. There is kind of a clearing before the tree lines, which allows you to have a reasonable amount of space, a good like maybe 60 feet radius between the hotel specifically and the trees. Once you guys arrive, you guys finally get to see what your task is. A new building, and a new life. Ramirez, one of the crew members that came with you, he is the lead architect, and he will be the one responsible for the renovations of the building. Meanwhile, Julian here is more responsible for the actual recording of the show. And with Ramirez's permission, Daniel and his workers start to take out the stuff from the canoes, and place it inside of an outhouse. And then you guys find yourself in this clearing with the house and the construction workers assisting. I do need to provide you guys first something that Harper would have. This is a map of the interior of the hotel that was provided to her when she accepted the inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can see that there is the first floor, which is also considered called the ground floor. Okay, are we calling it the, because of your accident, are we calling it the five star? Well, that's an interesting thing, because Julian was frustrated with the intern, uh, intern Gilbert, who wrote the scripts for the show. So for the show, the hotel is called the Five Star Hotel, when in actuality, it has always been called the Seven Stars Hotel. So you guys are just rolling with it. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty uh, rough thing. Seven Five Stars does sound a little silly. That breaks the rating system. It's supposed to be out of five stars. What the hell rate something out of seven stars? I mean, the the, the name is a little. Is the name is a little silly. I I do I do think so. <laughs> the creator of the hotel was like, "Fuck this, hotel is rated seven stars." I actually think it's pretty cool when you think about it. You just take a rating system and you think this doesn't work for me, so you create why a not new go, one. Why not go the whole way? We're making like ten stars. <laughs> I, I I I think that that maybe. Changing the name entirely in the future might be a good idea. Potentially, uh, if that's so what you think is best. Here's some map. Um, there's a ground floor and a first floor and cellar, even. You guys hear the steps of Ramirez approaching, and he goes, All right, guys, Julian, if you're okay with that, I'm gonna have a small look inside of the hotel. Uh, I wanna see the structural integrity of the building and to make sure that it's safe for us to even go inside. You guys can come with me if you want, but to be honest, uh, I won't take too long. I'm not gonna explore it. I'm just gonna look to see if it's safe to go in. Is it like, how, like, is it dangerous, do you think? Well, Well, that's what I'm about to see, to be honest. Okay, I'm gonna stand. It's, it's definitely an old building, Ramirez. Please be careful. The map says water closet. Yes, yes it is. I mean, go ahead, just don't fall through the floor. I'll try my best. Avoid, avoid the water closets. Alright, and he's he starts to walk into the building. The door creaks very loudly as he needs to put a little bit of pressure to actually open the door uh, as it is seems to be stuck. That is when also you hear the footsteps of somebody approaching. It's Lynn, the other member of the crew, that she is responsible for the audio of the recordings of the show. And uh, she approaches you guys and goes, the guys, I guess, are almost done with the placement of the equipment on the outhouse. So what I was thinking of doing is, I don't know if you're okay with this, Julian, but I was planning to set up camp. And what I mean by that is because I don't know if the house is safe to be in, and I don't know if we want to sleep in it. Honestly, I think I'd rather that we just set up camp because I don't feel like getting asbestos poisoning. Oh yeah, I thought that would be safe. So if you guys are okay with it, I'm gonna get started on setting up the tents and stuff like that for us, okay? Yeah, go ahead. All right then. And she starts to walk out. Uh, you're Scott Glean. Yes, I am. I've never met a celebrity before, so it's really nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too, um, Harper. Please I don't just... let it get to his head. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, my first my first role was when I was six months old in a movie. I played a baby. That sounds so, very difficult. It was, or... If you want to, it's up to you. I think it would be very well, beneficial to show the intera- first interactions. I was doing a camera test. I figured I might as well. Like... Works for me. Uh, well, well, what are we supposed to be doing? I'm, I don't really know what we're supposed to be doing on a show. Well, 
Do we get to work? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be working. We're gonna be making the hotel all sparkly again. It's gonna be amazing. We mostly like the focus on the people. People like to see the people in the show, so mm. we're mostly gonna be focusing on you, your oh. experiences, the raw emotions. Maybe you'll cry. Emotions? Like, what? Happiness, disappointment, if we find something wrong with the hotel, things like that. Well, I mean, there's it's already a lot. What are you feeling right now? Why don't you tell um, Scott what you're feeling right now? What's, well, what are your initial thoughts? I'm feeling... Oh, God. There we go. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird because, like... It's kind of weird because, um, you know, I got a letter from some great uncle twice removed. And um, I honestly first thought it was, like, a spam thing. You guys saw this in, like, the, the yeah. audition. <laughs> So I thought it was like a spam thing and now I'm here, so it feels all very real and kind of crazy. And it's totally strange to see it in person, but I am kind of excited because like, I really want to make this place good for people to come. You know, you saw the, like, the mountains and the river, it's all beautiful, so... It's incredible, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. So I imagine that it'll be really, really nice to have people come here and visit it and enjoy the beauty of BC, my home. So yeah, you should be proud of it. Yeah, and I, I like it here. We're all here to support you if you if you need to talk things out. I, I've worked with a lot of people who have been in a similar situation, not quite the same. This, like, but... really specific situation of inheriting from a great uncle? Not quite that specific, but people who didn't expect to I find themselves inheriting specific things. Scott, this, this is where I obligatedly tell you that this is a reality TV show, not Dr. Phil. So <laughs> I mean, you know. I know that, but I also think that I'm a good listener. So. Anyways, um, so Finch. Yeah, I mean, you can call me Harper. Okay, Harper. Um, tell Scott what are your biggest fears with this whole project? Well, I mean, like, it could all kind of fall apart, and all the money that, you know, that I've inherited going into this is just, you know, kind of lost and, you know, crippling debt. I also have student loans, so, like, there's that that I have to worry about, so this kind of has to work. And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, so, like, if it catches fire, that might be really bad. Or if there's, like, a flood, or if, like, the mountain, what if the mountain, like, erupts or something, like a volcano? Like, it, 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 they are essentially, like, dormant volcanoes, right? Like, anything could happen, so, like, there's a lot of fear that, like, anything could go wrong, but you know what? I'm really hopeful that things go well. Yeah, we'll we'll try and make sure that the worst doesn't happen. But I didn't know they had volcanoes in Canada. I, I didn't know I that mountains. I'm pretty sure they don't. I didn't know that mountains were just dormant volcanoes. They do. Well, they the, have the the Hoodoo Mountains specifically did erupt at some point. I remember uh, reading about because no. you know I wanted to make sure that there there were no volcanoes around here. Well, we'll make sure that we get all of your insurance papers worked out. So if mm -hmm. any. Natural disaster or act of God happens, then yeah. you'll have something to fall back on. I think that's all the footage we need for right now. Maybe oh. we should go check in with what's going on inside the hotel. I guess. Gotcha. It's enough time. You guys start to head your way towards the hotel entrance. You guys see Daniel doing a small wave to get your guys' attention. He approaches 
especially Julian, and he goes, me and the boys are done with the equipment, they're all set out and organized as by what Lynn told us, therefore um, you should be able to find any, everything that you guys brought there, except for the generators, the generators are too big for the elk house, so I just left it out. Me and the boys are gonna go now, but we plan to come back here tomorrow morning to actually start the renovations. Alright, well, thank you for your time. We're just gonna get settled down here. Ramirez is checking out the place right now, making sure that no one falls through the ceiling or something. Wise choice, mistress. Now, I'll be heading out then. We have a radio at the reservation, but I don't think you guys have a radio, so... Um, I have a satellite phone. I think the bandwidth could connect with a radio if you guys really need to, but it might be a little bit difficult. Just expect to see me tomorrow. Uh, we're thinking around 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Alright, we'll see you then, and uh, have yourselves a good night, alright? Right, safe travels. Okay. And you can see him approaching the rest of the crew. And they go into their respective canoes and they do start rowing their way down the river. You guys then head towards the doors, relatively ajar, one of the two double doors. Who goes first? Uh, well, maybe we should, like, wait before we go in to make sure that it's all clear. Mm -hmm. I think going right up to the front door is not gonna kill anyone. I mean, do you think Ramirez is, like, right at the door? I mean, I have a loud voice. I can yell. Yeah, you're the boss. Yeah, sure, I guess. And I'd like to check it out. I mean, I don't really want to go in there when it's, like, you know, not confirmed to be safe. True. So, but even if we just walk in the front door... I mean, you guys can go ahead and, like, check if Ramirez is nearby, and then we can go in once it's clear. Okay. Alright. Uh, Julian will, like, go right up to where the door is. Mm -hmm. And then he'll kind of just peek inside and see what's around what's in like the immediate like vicinity of the foyer okay so when it comes to the hotel in itself the first thing that you see is the reception desk that is just in front of what it seems to be a door to you imagine some sort of office to your left you see an open frame towards a bigger room uh, you don't know what the room it is and to the other side on your right you also see an open frame to another room with what seems to be a very big table so you have the impression that this place this table is covered with a, some sort of dust sheet mm -hmm. peeking into the door you can kind of see it so you imagine that this is some sort of like dining room but no sign of a Ramirez just with this small glance yeah I'll sort of just stay standing there and then after about like 10 seconds get bored and be like whatever and just walk into the reception uh, the wooden floor creaks quite a bit but it's nothing too alarming you imagine that from old buildings and you do hear footsteps from the second floor um, the footsteps seems to be walking closer to like the back part is it away from us or closer to us it's a little bit closer almost immediately above oh, okay. you guys and then you start, a few moments after, you start hearing the footsteps of somebody going down the stairs. And that is, yes, Ramirez, that he just finished looking at the upstairs, I guess. And he goes, it's pretty simplistic of a place. It's structurally sound. It's not unsafe for us to... Of course, there. this was just a superficial look and inspection. So there could be spots that it's a little bit unsafe. 
I took a few notes of what needs to be repaired, and as he's now beside you as he's talking, but mm -hmm. like he goes, but I think we can make do with this, maybe a week or two of work and we can have it done, depending on how good these, um, these construction workers are, but they seem like good people and strong guys, so it should be fine. I mean, considering this hotel has been sitting in the middle of a forest beside a river for God knows how many years. I'm surprised it's only gonna take two weeks. It's in surprisingly good condition. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, no, it is true. He's starting to head towards the door as we, as you guys are talking, because he notices the rest of the team outside. So he goes, "No, it's true. Actually, considering the erosion and the time, uh, the damage that is just being abandoned for so long, it's actually not bad." In my opinion, the worst part is actually the grass outside here, but actually inside it's not that bad. Just, we could technically even sleep, but I would suggest for us to maybe kind of clean a little bit if we do want to sleep inside. When we settle down for today, before we go to sleep, I'll tell you guys what I wrote as a, as a list of stuff that we need to fix, but yeah. I mean, personally, I think it would be uh, very interesting to sleep in here. I mean, it'd be a nice before and after. I think it would be... Kind of funny to show, you know, us sleeping with rats crawling all over us, and then, you know, when the hotel's complete, you know, we're sleeping in like white sheets or whatever. What do you guys think? I think it would be interesting. Admittedly, I want to make sure that, like, we do tidy up a little bit as well, yeah. make sure that it's safe. I think we could set up static cameras, night vision, yeah. make for some good B roll. Yeah. What are we capturing at night? Us sleeping. Wait, why would, why would we want to do that? Because then. We can film all of our experiences sleeping mm -hmm. first night versus when it's renovated. Yeah. We're not going to be sleeping inside it tonight, probably like next couple of nights or something. Okay. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to sleep in it tonight. Um, maybe tonight we'd sleep in the camp because they really put a lot of work like setting up a camp for us, so we might as well be courteous and sleep there. Yeah. I and maybe it would be really funny to get us like sleeping in the wilderness. Yeah. That might be a little more funnier than me. Have you ever gone camping before? Oh, plenty of times. Oh. I, I, I live in a very, very small town. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your, uh, get this, get this, film this. Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit? Well, I, I come from Cobble Hill. It's really, really small. It's on the Vancouver Island. It's nice. It's tiny. You can bike everywhere. I, I tend to bike everywhere I go. And, um, I worked at a really nice place called the Waddling Duck Inn. Oh, it's very I nice. Think, the restaurant there. Isn't Roy from? Why aren't you from Vancouver? Uh, yeah, over on the east side. Well, it's not quite like Vancouver. It's on the island, but yeah, I was more of a, it's so I was more of a city kid. It's, it, yeah, it's a little different in oh, here. I don't know much about Canada. I'm the only one here not from Canada, but I've heard very lovely things about Canada um, as a whole. So, did we get it? The go ahead to go inside. Or? Yeah, you can go ahead. Me first? Yeah, go ahead. It's your hotel. I can go in with you if you want. Go in together. Mean, hold hands. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I'm good without holding hands. But yeah, okay. I, I guess we'll go. Sure. Yeah. Start walking in. Yeah. And uh, just as I described earlier, you are greeted by the heavy air of the abandoned place. It compared to the outside that now the sun is shining quite brightly. This place is very dark due to the lack of exposed natural light, and especially in this reception area. Uh, there's not really like a, a wind, uh, maybe just one window, but the other windows are going further into the actual hotel. 
So it's like mostly made of wood, some intricate carvings that makes the place quite exquisite, like homey feel of exquisite. Like I said, on the left hand side you have a frame that leads to a bigger room. You don't know what it is yet unless you go explore. On the, on the right side you see a frame towards what seems to be a dining room with a dust sheet covering a big table. The desk of the reception in front of you, it's one of those L-shaped desks that is just beside the hallway that leads further in into the hotel. And then there's what seems to be an, a door, and according to your map it shows that it's a door to an office. Yeah, I see that. So Scott's gonna like stick his hands like kind of into his pockets and just like look around, like kind of spin on his yep. heel. Full of cobwebs and stuff like yeah. that. And it's, Scott yeah. just lets out a low whistle. He's like, "Well, I've definitely seen worse." Honestly, I think that with a very nice rustic sort of outdoorsy feel, this could become a really popular hotspot. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I I could see it, and I'm very hopeful for that. I really hope that it turns into a popular place. But uh, yeah, this does look like a lot of work. You want to walk through? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, well, it says there's a dining room. You can start heading that way. Maybe walk through the kitchen. Okay. Look at that. I'm I'm pretty experienced in kitchens. I, I worked as a waitress okay. and maid. So yeah, maybe you could tell us how badly we need to replace everything in there. Well, I'm not a I'm not a chef, so I, I don't really I don't really know about that. But I can try. If anything doesn't look mo- like I'm sure none of it is modern. Modern. Yeah. We can probably replace most of it. Well, I have the money, too. That's the plan. Julian kind of, like, looks over to um, Roy, kind of, like, it teasingly, like, towards them. Like, towards, like, Harper and Scott kind of goes, like, I wonder if there's a freezer full of, like, rotten meat that we could open. I I don't know about the the guidelines in terms of showing rotten meat on TV. It would have to be, you know, not too grotesque. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I don't know. Depending on how long it's been, it might just be, like, sludge at this point. I mean, as long as we don't find, like, a dead body or something, we should, we should be fine. Let's not jinx it. Well, let's let's head to the kitchen. Yeah. You guys make your way towards the dining room area. And there, it's a place that smells quite bad. Unfortunately, there is a bit of flies in here that is gathering as well. Uh, the dust sheet was once white, but now it's more like yellowish with some darker spots here and there based on the mode and the gathering of like of the bacteria over the time this place was abandoned. As you guys are going in and looking around, and like there is some windows to the outside, so this place is somewhat illuminated. But there's still like some dark spots and dark corners that you guys kind of need to approach to see it better. I would like one of you guys to do a spot hidden roll. Oh, I'll do it. Um, but I have a question. What does it smell like specifically? Like, how would you describe the smell? I would describe it as a foul, sweet smell. Like, uh, like decay smelling? Possibly. Okay, I'm gonna do a spot hidden. First roll. Oh yeah, 61. I got a regular success. Alright, so on this success of yours, you do spot what seems to be a few spots of red on one of the corners of the dust sheet. Like a bright red color? Bright red. 
Can I look, like, a little closer at it? Do you approach to look closer to it? It's like either very poorly placed red paint, dots of red paint with a little bit... Looks like Can it. Can I do a medicine check to make sure it's not yes. fresh Yes, before blood. you do the before you do the medicine check though, it does smell fouler as you approach it. I feel like uh, Roy is also just hovering behind you with the camera. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just... Like paranormal activity, like hovering over. Like... Hard success. You're fairly convinced that that is blood. It could be paint. Uh, I don't, I don't know. If this is something to point out, but um, there's blood over here. And it's oh. it's red, so it seems a little fresh. I mean, I I just I wouldn't get too concerned. I mean, we are in the middle of the wilderness, and this place has been abandoned. I would not, uh, I would bet money on raccoons fighting. It could be rats fighting. There's a lot of reasons why there could be blood here. I will say. Can Julian go to like the side of cover the sheet mm-hmm. that is not blood and just like grab it and like pull it off the table are you pulling completely off yeah, the table just or just pull it off not like dramatically he just kind of grabs it and like lazily walks backward and pulls it off yeah you pull the so and it kind of like the cloud of dust comes out as you do so and uh, the smell becomes much more intense in the area have reached the end of the first episode of Hotel Hell. Thank you so much for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Subscribe to our show on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of Hotel Hell, which premieres every Thursday. To connect with us, follow us on our social media accounts and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next projects, and discover the f- or fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Gorton from the Off the Beaten Path musical. The Colocophulu 7th edition module we are playing right now, The Hotel Hell, can be found in Peterson's Abominations. The module is owned by Kiosium and was written by Sandy Peterson with Mike Mason. Thanks again for listening. From all of us here at the Storytelling Tavern.